Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Hey, everybody. This is Ben Gilpin. We are starting season three of the Community of Principles podcast. I am excited to be back at it. We are getting ready to start the 2019-2020 school year. It's an exciting time for families. It's a very exciting time for educators. And if you're anything like me, you're probably in that last little mode before we uh, we really kick back into school. So season number three, this is going to be a, basically the big three. There's going to be three main points that we're going to be talking about with our guests. And I'm really excited to have our guests on. And we're going to be having on Julie, Julie Mytich here in just a moment. And here's the thing. Julie had quite the year last year. And, you know, I anticipate she's going to tell us a little bit about it. But when you talk about perseverance and resilience and really trying to uh, to network yourself with people around you, I've just been amazed at the amount of support that I've seen given to Julie, but I've also just seen her positivity coming through. So I'm really excited to introduce Julie to the podcast. And so welcome, Julie. Hey, how are you? Jeez. You already have me tearing up for the nice things you said. You got to stop. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm excited to have you on and and you've got quite a story. So I'm I really want to kind of turn it over and and hear what you have to say. So like question number 1, tell people about yourself, where are you currently at and, and how long have you been there? And then here's a little kicker though, two things that most people don't know about Julie. Okay. Well, I'm Julie Mitich. I have been an educator for the Wayne Westland Community Schools going on to um, 23 years. I started off as a classroom teacher, then this will be my 12th year as an elementary principal. I'm currently on medical leave, but that goes back in August, so I'll tell you about that. But two things that people don't know about me, I think one would be that I was a camp counselor for many years at a diabetic camp, and that really formed my leadership style, I think. And the second thing is uh, many of you have heard about it already, but um, last August, I was told that my kidneys were failing, so I started the process of being evaluated for a kidney transplant, and during that time, I found out that I had a hereditary heart issue. So long story short, March 13th, I had double heart bypass surgery, and then 11 weeks later, on May 29th, I was able to have uh, my kidney transplant. And, wow. Yeah. <laughs> and so not so not just not just one major surgery. You had multiple major surgeries. And you know, I guess this would be a, an appropriate time, you know, as I watched you go through that and and you kind of shared some of that stuff um on social media and some of your close friends you shared some of the details. Mm-hmm. But I thought I just saw an outpouring of support for you. And what did that mean to you? Oh my god, it was so humbling so amazing. I get emotional about it, just talking about it. Yeah. It was from my MEMSPA group, so much outpouring of love from the entire Wayne Westland community, my Walker community, my parents and my staff and my students. It was just absolutely amazing. Then of course, I can't forget my, my cousin Debbie, who jumped to be my living donor. The minute I told her, before my family knew I needed a transplant. I had confided in her 
And um, she and another cousin literally were fighting <laughs> um, to see who was going to give me their kidney. And also I had staff members and friends. I had about 13 people step up to see if they could be screened to give me a kidney. Oh, that, you know, what, but see, this is, and, and so Julie, I'm just going to tell you, this is why I had to have you on as the beginning mm. of season three, because we really are going to be focusing on how we can do this together, this collaborative piece and, and how we're all a community. And it goes right back to the title, a community of, of principles and community of leaders. But I mean, this just, that story just embodies people coming together and mm. circling you and lifting you up. And that's just fantastic. Um, so I, I really appreciate you sharing that story because there's some people that probably don't know that story. Maybe. <laughs> now you do. But I, it's uh, just a story of resilience and courage. And like you said, I was lifted by so many people. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, so let's transition to question number two. And, and you may this may even piggyback what you just talked about. But question number two this year is going to be about sharing a highlight. And so, you know, sometimes we can have the energy just sucked from us. What is a highlight? What is something that very positive that gives you strength and sparks you wanting to come back day in and day out? Oh, geez, there's so many positive things. One of the things that keeps me going back all the time, it actually goes back to before I became a principal. When I was a classroom teacher, I was back, you know, geez, back in the 90s at this point, I was already so passionate about building relationships and creating just a positive culture in my classroom. And I started implementing something called life skills and lifelong guidelines. Now, I didn't know about that during my first few years of teaching. I was just building relationships. Well, I went to a summer conference, um, it was in Traverse City, and it was led by a woman named Susan Kovalik. And she is part of the whole lifelong guidelines and life skills movement. And it, it changed my life. It made me just realize what I was already doing in my classroom and what I could add to make my classroom even stronger, the climate. So we add a specific target lifelong guideline or life skill each week. And those are words like we teach what caring is, initiative, flexibility. And there's um, 18 of those life skills and then five lifelong guidelines. So what I did was I added the specific target talk in my classroom, added class meetings where all the students sit in a circle, and we specifically notice each other for life skills and lifelong guidelines that they're using. So I was getting positive feedback from like the specials team and from visiting teachers and from student teachers and parapros, like what was happening in my classroom? They noticed something, but what was it? So I wanted to get it spread school-wide, but as a teacher, sometimes you can't do what you want to fully implement. So when I became a principal, that is what my drive was. My passion was to implement life skills and lifelong guidelines school-wide. So I've been at Walker now um, for 12 years. I started with year one. I shared my idea, and I had a, a couple teachers that were interested and they wanted to like dabble in it the first year. So I gave them some um, information and they did it. Then we would get feedback from them throughout the year. And then the next year, more teachers were on board. And finally, the third year, they were fully invested, the entire staff, and they wanted more training. So through Title I money, I was able to bring in the training. And it has been 
such a positive um, influence on our students, on our um, faculty, on our parents. There's a parent component. Oh my gosh, it's just so exciting. I, you know what, so Julie, just to interject, I, I love that story. And I'm going to tell you a couple of pieces I love. Number one, you were so intentional. As a teacher, you were so intentional in doing it day in and day out because we know that if we only do something for a, for a certain amount of time and then we don't continue it, that sustainability wears off and then then it ends up fading away. But then here's mm-hmm. the other thing. Then as you became a leader, you had the mindset of, I'm just going to slowly implement this with the people that want to get on board. You didn't force yeah. it down people and say, you have to do it year one. You were willing to let it take years to mm-hmm. really fully implement. And now you're, now I, I would say your entire community, your kids, everyone is seeing the benefits to that slow growth rather than forcing it down people right away. So I, I mean, well done. Oh, thank you. It's, it's amazing. And I love talking to the naysayers, like, and we have honest conversations, like they did not think it was going to work, um, especially my kindergarten teachers. And now they're like the biggest cheerleaders for it and don't want to get rid of it, want to keep it going. Like there were other, like in Southeast Michigan, there were other, like, if you will, programs coming in, they wanted to make other schools were making changes. We visited other schools, saw what they were doing and still came back to keeping lifelong guidelines and teachers that have left the building for transfers or, you know, involuntary transfers, they have taken what we've created at Walker and continue it in their buildings. Student teachers take it and, you know, start. So it's like infiltrating in other places. It's just so amazing. It it spread and it continues to spread because you, especially with student teachers or other people that happen to go. So that's, that shows that it's got lasting impact. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, Julie, we're down to our last question. And this one, I'm always really curious to see where people go with it. Um, This is one that we've had in the past too. So this is a carryover for those of you that have listened to the Community of Principles podcast season one or season two. And you can find all those episodes on the MEMSPA website. So question number three, somewhere during your journey as an educator, someone saw leadership qualities in you, potentially before you saw them in yourself. If you wouldn't mind sharing, who was that person? And if you could say something to them, what would you say to them? Okay, well, I'll give you two quick ones. The first one was when I was in my early years of teaching, not even thinking about moving out of the classroom yet. But it was Diane Nichols. She was my principal at Kettering Elementary School. And she was really engaging me. And she was inviting me into this teacher leadership roles when school improvement was still coming out. Um, so I would just like to thank her or thank you, Diane, for seeing things in me that I wasn't even aware of yet. And then the second one is um, Paula Hotelling, who is my principal, uh, second principal at Kettering. And then once I was kind of already involved with some te- teacher leadership things, Paula was the one that encouraged me to take the leap forward to look at um, a principal position. She's given so much to me, but I would like to thank her. One of the biggest things that I continue to do is I would always go into Paula's office and she'd be working and I would just pop in and interrupt. But I want to thank Paula or thank you, Paula, for always making me feel like wanted, never acting as if I was interrupting you. And you made me always feel like you had time for me. And um, I know that now as a principal, 
<laughs> it's crazy. And you don't always have the time. But I remember what Paula did. And I do that with my staff, too. I always make time for them when they pop in. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, you know, some of those things have really resonated with you. And so I know that you, you there again, very intentional about how, how uh, you want to then give back. So <laughs> I, I, just, I applaud that. And so for those of you that are listening to this, you know, the idea, especially around that, that last question about um, who saw that leadership in you, as leaders, we should also be looking to see who that next generation of leaders is going to be and how do we build leaders on our own staff or people that we encounter. Um, so I, I love the story that you just shared, Julie, about the two that really pushed you and nudged you and helped you along the way. Mm. And I encourage all of us to try to be that person for the next generation as well. Absolutely. Um, Julie, as, as we wrap up, first of all, I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you coming on. And I really, really, it was important for me to hear your story and have you share that with everybody. Because as we start this new school year, and, and you really think about resilience, you think about positivity, to me, in my mind, the first person that comes to mind is you. And, and I really want you to be the, the part of season three. And I also want people to know that season three is going to be a little bit different. There's going to be the three main questions that we're going to focus on. But here's the other kicker, everybody. The goal is that we're going to have one show per week. So hopefully you will check it out on memspa.org. And the more that we can continue to connect with each other and reflect, we are going to continue to make our state and leadership in general just as strong as can be. So I appreciate everybody for checking it out. And Julie, thank you again. Well, thank you so much for asking me. It's been really fun. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody. Check it out. Well, thanks again to our guest. Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org. <laughs>